I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, joined as always by Shelly Verstraight. Shelly, what's happening? Two weeks into the minor league season. It's your general vibe so far. How you doing? Uh yeah, I'm doing fine. Like it's I'm just it's all I feel really in the groove right now. Um, like every day. Um, you know, I'm just like checking box scores, whether it's minor league, major league. Um, but yeah. also it's kind of overwhelming because we, we didn't get like, I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal each week. You're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This much baseball at one time last year. So it's a bit overwhelming, but I, I love it because it's like, it's just so much baseball, yeah. so it's it's great. There's always something to, uh, there's always yeah. more that you can read, and more box yeah. scores to look at, and more. You know, you got two years worth of players and draftees that you're seeing for the first time, um, and it's just stuff's moving constantly, and we'll yeah. get right into it. We have a ton of news and notes, and not all of it great. We'll start off with some a bit of a downer, a couple of downers this week. Um, we had two injuries over the last couple of days in the Red Sox minor league system. Edward Bizarro, um left Tuesday's game with an injury after five pitches. It's um, It was originally mentioned it might be a triceps. It sounds like it's a right lat strain, um, which I guess is a lesser of two evils. Um, but along with that, Thaddeus Ward, who had been pitching pretty well early on in the first couple of starts, also going on the injured list. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline the minor leagues with a forearm strain um these of course are injuries that are in addition to brian mata that we already knew about out for at least this season tanner Howe, connor siebold that we talked about last week um you know before we get into kind of a bigger pitch picture uh pitching view shelly what do you think of, about these newest injuries with bizarro and ward 
Yeah, I mean, these are just like an absolute gut punch um, to our pitching depth that we felt that we had going into the season. Um, how can Seabold, it, it seemed, both of those injuries seem to be a tad bit minor, but again, they're pitchers. What, what does it mean by minor injuries? Right. Arm injuries. Exactly. Um, and then Edward Brizardo, like, he has been, like, legit awesome. And I was expecting him to come up really soon to really fortify a bullpen. And that injury, um, you know, on Tuesday was just awful. And then Thaddeus Ward, like, I, I love Thaddeus Ward. I've been a humongous fan of his. Um, since, you know, 2019 and, you know, just how well he has been developing. Um, but a forearm strain, I'm just like, oh no, this is just like, you yeah. know, the, the buzzers are going off, the red lights are going off, and I'm just so sad that uh, Ward might be um, kind of ticketed to maybe some long-term. Yeah, a uh, precursor yeah. possibly for another injury. Yep. Um, and you hope that you try to catch these things early. And who knows, it could just be forearm strain. You know, we just don't want Ward to go along with Mata. Um, you know, Hulk, Seabold, talking about pretty much the four top pitching prospects that we um, reviewed early and often in the last two months. And add Bizarro in with a lat strain, those things can take a few weeks. And it's not just long term, it's short term as well. And you know, I noticed yesterday in a, in a blowout that Andres was throwing, I don't know, 55, 60 pitches, something like that. Um, and they've really continued to keep Whitlock stretched out. It was like they briefly had him pitching those seventh and eighth inning um, appearances. And then his last outing was three innings where he got a save for, you know, blowout three inning save rule that they have. And you have to wonder um, if you got four starting pitchers going down like that, that depth became a challenge really quickly um and that they probably feel like the um you know it is less risk if you have andres and whitlock stretched out because if you don't then what are you going to do where are you going to next you might be bringing some people up like you did last year that weren't totally ready um so i i feel like that might be why, why they're doing that you know we were hoping maybe they'd go down to the 13 pitchers 13 hitters combination um and now i don't know i feel like they they want those pitchers stretched out which means you need to have more arms that are kind of your your short inning arms as well to go with it um so not great news there and i, I thought it, it was uh it's chris hatfield over at Sox prospects the illustrious site that we reference weekly um he had a great tweet today that kind of talked about um just the 40-man roster depth and how thin it suddenly got uh it was always a 25-man roster they expanded that to 26 they didn't add a spot to go with it so it was 26 and 40 and now you're looking at more injuries than ever both at the minor minor league level the major league level red Sox. um you know the major league team has not been killed by injuries like a lot of other teams have um, but now in the minor leagues with uh, Bizardo, uh, Wong, they're kind of Wong, Mata, Hauk, Siebold, and then another one which goes into Hudson Potts who now has his second oblique injury of the season so that's six of their minor leaguers uh, that are on the injured list on the 40-man 
and then you've got a few others that are on the 40-man roster because they were protected from Rule 5. He mentions uh, Wilson and the catcher Hernandez, Jason Rosario, Jay Groom. So as a whole, that's 10 players that you can't bring up. They're not going to be coming up and interchangeable, which immediately brings you down to 30. Um, and it just it makes you think, could they add a couple more spots on the 40-man? Because it's a these are extenuating circumstances with no season last year. And these pitchers are all coming back, and and they're having a greater workload, or maybe didn't pitch at all in competitive ball last year, or were thrown in their backyards. Um, I don't know. It just seems like this would be a year to kind of um, make some adjustments on the fly, because God knows they have in the past, you know, throwing seven inning double headers and runners on second on the fly. It, it seems like something that maybe they should consider. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely think, um, I definitely agree with you. Um, they really need to do, like, a little bit, uh, all of these, all of these players, like, on the injured list, um, who are on the 40-man, like, I mean, honestly, they, yeah, it's, they need to do something, because this, all of this pitching that we had, um, is not there, you know, matter Hauk, Siebold, Ward, Bizzardo. It's not there right now. We need yeah. to do something. Yeah. yeah. And w- we play uh, quite a few fantasy baseball leagues, and there's <laughs> there are the leagues that don't have the IL spots, right? They say, you know, you got seven bench spots, and good luck. Well, suddenly we have more than seven injuries, <laughs> and you have to get rid of players that – um, it, it's tough decisions. You have to get rid of good players that you would never want to cut from your team. So that's us managing a fantasy team. You're managing a 40-man roster or a 26-man major league roster. You have to consider things like, all right, do I put a player on the 60-day DL or IL even though they're not going to be injured for 60 days because we need the roster spot? Um, or do we have to let someone go and hope that they don't get claimed by another team? And the closer that you get, you get one or two more injuries and, and you don't have that that depth uh, of players to bring up in a pinch, and you have to start making decisions like that. So, um, you know, just getting to be a bit of a concern. Hopefully, short-term injuries with a couple of those players. Um, like I mentioned, Hudson Potts, second oblique injury of the season. Had one in spring training, another one now. Probably will be shut down for a few weeks, knowing oblique injuries. Um, and then another player that they will need to make room for and make a tough decision possibly with a relief pitcher, but Danny Santana, his, uh, I think he's ready. He has a, a slash line yeah. of hitting 423, 467 OVP, 846 slugging in seven minor league games. Uh, they've started him at six different positions, first, second, short, third, left, and center. Uh, on Tuesday, he was three for four with a double. I almost wondered if he would be added to the roster ahead of today's game. I have to think it's in the next day or two, but it's good to see that that there will be some reinforcements coming up, uh, hopefully to help out with the, the bottom of the lineup a little bit. Uh, got shut out by the Blue Jays yesterday, so, um, you know, hopefully Santana can help out a little bit. So any, anything else that you wanted to add to these injuries or minor league news? Uh, Yeah, no, um, not really. Um, as much as I'm not a the 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 biggest fan of Santana. Um, I'm really excited to see him on the roster. Just give the, 
you know, just give the major league team just a little bit more depth there. Yeah. All right. Uh, figure I'll kind of pass it over to you for a minute here with the MLB Pipeline updated their draft prospect list. Uh, it wasn't a mock draft, but it was an updated list and a lot of interesting things uh, to see here from the, the Jonathan Mayo article. What, what was your biggest takeaway or a couple of takeaways from that updated prospect list? Yeah, it was a very interesting, just like just a list, not mock draft. Um, uh, and just seeing who was number four um, on the list. So um, I'll go one through four. It was Marcelo Mayer um, going number one, Jordan Lawler going number two, um, Jack Leiter going number three. But, you know, Henry Davis going number four, which, again, I am totally fine with. I, I, all of the clips that I've seen from Henry Davis, I absolutely love. And I know that if Lighter or Rocker go, you know, either of the, the two go, you know, are drafted past four, I know that Red Sox Twitter is going to explode. Um, and not in a good way explode. Um, but <laughs> Henry Davis, <laughs> Henry Davis is honestly a really, really good hitter, uh, catcher, um, just everything. So I would be really happy if we got Henry Davis. Um, but I was really interested to see yeah. that, you know, Pipeline basically had put like the two top prep shortstops and then lighter and then henry davis and then rocker so it was a really interesting kind of uh list that they had there and i i i don't say that i don't like it but it was really interesting yeah i um was kind of blown away by a lot of this just seeing the two prep prep shortstops at one and two um they make some good points on Davis. He he looks the most ready out of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. College bats just are are the safest pick, and they're going to be up the quickest. And he's hitting three seventy nine um, on base four ninety eight. So fifty percent of the time he's on base, and and he's playing at Louisville. This is good competition. Uh, they note in the article that he's slugging six fifty four in conference play, which is right in line with his slugging percentage throughout the season. Um, does it look good behind the plate? Has a great arm, uh, and you know sometimes catchers move off the position. But if he can hit, they'll find a position for him, whether it's first base or you know if if you hit well enough, you you might just end up having a spot for DH eventually, especially with a universal DH. So it doesn't seem like he's one of those players. It seems like he's really impressive behind the plate. Um, another name that was interesting to me, they mentioned Sal Frelick from Boston College as a possibility. They gave seven names that could go at one. Um, the other one was the high school pitcher that Keaton was on here a couple weeks ago talking about Jackson Job, um, who was in, in high school in Oklahoma. And he had, Keaton was really talking about the four pitches that he throws and was watching some film on him. And it was interesting to see them mention, that was the first time that I'd seen him in, in the running kind of with the rest of this group. Um, so it was a great call uh, on that, that previous episode. Kudos to Keaton on that one. Is This is the first time that I've seen him ranked so high. Um, he's 
committed to Mississippi, but who knows, there could be a team that jumps him up into the top five and gives him a solid bonus, um, projected to be a two-way college player at Mississippi. So um, we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree with, with you on a lot of that. Um, yeah, Frelick was the sixth one, and then Job was the, was the seventh. Um, all possibilities that could jump up into that, whether it be the top pick or the top four, all kind of in the running. So lots changed since we first did that preview about a month ago. Um, all right, anything else to add on that? Uh, no, but it, it, will, it will probably change um, many a time yeah. prior to the draft. Yeah, exactly. We'll go real quickly on AAA and AA. Uh, as we were about to sign off last week, you mentioned that uh, Tristan Cassius had hit a bomb, and then right after we signed off, he hit a second bomb on last Wednesday night that were both just tape measure shots, and I couldn't believe where these things were landing. In the series against Hartford, Double A, he was 12 for 26, had three home runs, 10 RBIs, and a double. Um, so the quote-unquote slow start, even though it only been about six or seven games at that point, um, you know, didn't last long as Cassius is playing his first games at Double A. And then the next night, Jaron Duran hit a 440-foot home run um, to continue that hot streak that we were discussing last week. So just really good, you know, the bad news that we had for the pitchers, just really good to see these hitters um, hitting their stride between Cassius and Duran, and then we saw Jeter Downs get his first home run over the weekend as well. All tape measure shots. Um, it's interesting. You, you hear about this. It sounds like they're the wind is blowing out to right quite a bit in AAA, um, but I don't think that Duran, any of Duran's home runs, has been have been affected by that. They all would have gone out there. They would have gone out at Fenway. Doesn't really matter. But um, starting off, Worcester's eight and five. Portland um, at eight and five as well. Uh, Portland's tied for the lead with the Somerset Patriots in New York in their division, and Worcester's two and a half games behind Scranton, uh, also a New York team. So Boston, New York, and one, two, one, two in their divisions in the AAA and AA levels. Um, Worcester's also behind Buffalo, which is the Toronto team by a game and a half as well. So Duran and Cassius both, uh, well, Cassius for the first time, and Duran staying hot down in the minor leagues. What do you think? <laughs> uh yeah i mean like um i honestly duran is just killing it i'm just waiting for him to get the call uh you know up to fenway um ed just cast us basically with this past week um man the dude is so good i am so excited to see Cassis. just everything that i when i watch him like on milb you know, TV, just just all of his at-bats. He just seems just so poised in everything. I absolutely love the dude. Yeah. All right. Um, going to head down to the A-levels today. We're going to focus on this a bit more. I just wanted to mention a couple of notes there um, at AA and AAA. So down in Greenville, a few good notable starts um specifically in the infield cameron cannon brandon howlett and tyree greed figure we could hit on each of these um cannon 23 years old uh hitting 311 
380 OBP, 644 slugging. He has three home runs, six doubles, and three RBIs uh, in the early going. And then Brandon Howlett hitting 350, um, 386 on base percentage, has a home run, has seven RBIs, two walks, does have 10 strikeouts. Um, and then wanted to add in Tyreek Reed, who is not really, um, you know, you don't see him really on any of the prospect lists, but he is just selling out for power. He's got four home runs, nine RBIs, seven walks, so he's been on base 43% of the time down at high A Greenville. He was a Rule 5 minor league pick in the past year that, that they grabbed. Um, so kind of start with those, and then we'll transition to a couple pitchers that were that have had a good start. Uh, Brian Bayo has thrown 11 in the third innings. Um, and Chris Murphy, nine and a third. Each of their ERA is under two. Uh, Shelly, you want to talk about Bayo and Murphy a little bit? And um, kind of they've been pretty dominant in the early goings. Oh, uh, yeah, they really have. I've been really, really impressed with Bayo and Murphy. Um, I'm going to talk about Bayo first. Um, he's just been like so great. Like, yeah, he's not super dominant, but he's not walking anybody. He's just being super just on point. Um, and I love it. Like, this is what we expected to see from Bayo. Um, especially in, you know, you know, high A. Um, and then I'm gonna, with Chris, with Chris Murphy, we we're really looking to see how his walks were because that was his biggest thing was his command and you know everything else but he's really kept the walks kind of sort of in check it's a little it's still a little bit um kind of wishy-washy there um but yeah both bayo and murphy they they both look good and i'm really really um excited to see like what they do um, later on in the season. Yeah, and you mentioned kind of the, the swing and miss that they both have. Um, we were talking kind of about their, their called strike whiff rates, which is, um, you know, one of the trendier new stats combining those, how many called strikes and whiffs, um, swings and misses that you get combined, and Bayo at 31.5%, Murphy at 32.5%. Those are really good numbers, uh, even in 11 and 9 innings, but um, like you said, Murphy has six walks, but we were excited about him in the preseason, and it's good to see that he's come out dealing um, through a couple of starts. He, They're both 22 years old. Murphy will be 23 soon. Um, so, And then on the opposite end of things, we talked about Jay Groom in passing last week. He had taken a line drive off of his foot. He returned to make his latest start this past week. Um, it's good to see that he was back on the mound. Didn't go as poorly, uh, three and runs in three innings, struck out four. Um, so he has struck out 11 over seven and a third, but his ERA uh, actually decreased to 14.73, improved. Um, and then another pitcher that's off to a bit of a slow start, Jacob Wallace, um, six innings, an ERA of 12. He's given up four home runs, uh, gave up a late home run to tie the game over the weekend. I think it was a three-run homer, um, and it was Tyreek Reed that bailed him out with a walk-off home run after that. So, uh, yeah, you know, Groman and Wallace on the opposite end of the spectrum. But some overall, I think some positive news. We When I was 
digging through these numbers, you know, especially with the infield, Cannon and Howlett and Reed and those two pitchers, I think there's been more good than bad in Greenville so far. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and then heading down to Salem, kind of the name that we talked a lot about last month was Gilberto Jimenez, and he is not disappointed. He's got a 388 average, um, 444 on base. He's making contact 87% of the time. He's only struck out 9.3% of the time um, with 3.7% walk rate. So that strikeout rate is really good. He's doing what we hoped he would. He's putting the ball in play, stolen a couple bases. He's getting on base. Um, really, you know, kind of showing it a low A that hopefully he can get a promotion up to the higher A-level ball later this year. Um, as opposed to Nick York, kind of a slower start. This is his first competitive action. He's 18 years old, so we got to give him some time. But a bit of a concern there, Shelley, kind of with the, the strikeout rate from York. Uh, yeah, that, that's been like the biggest thing that I have seen that I, I, honestly, that has been surprising because he was doing really well at the alternate site. Um, a lot of scouts and coaches were like, yeah, he's like really developed and all this stuff. Um, but that strikeout rate, right, uh, I've just been, you know, very, very shocked to see that. Um, and it's very, not, not concerning, but it's definitely something that I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I need to slow my roll on him just a little bit. Yeah, it's what, he was putting the ball in play against, you know, major league pitching in, in March. Yeah. Yeah. And was doing the same thing against some of the top, level pitchers in our organization at the all site last fall so yeah we have to give it uh him time and there's often a lot of adjustments like this but seeing 17 strikeouts and 45 at bats 156 average uh, not great so far um was a note that nick decker stole home so i don't know if you found video of that but i need to look that up I, I definitely I need to look that up as well. Cause, I, mean, <laughs> I love Nick Decker, and, and definitely anyone semi stealing from from sailing home. I need to. I yeah. I need to I, get on the. I think the it was a straight steal. I feel like if it was a double steal, that you know, wouldn't be oh, love it. much of a note. So I'll try to find that after. Um, some good starts from the pitchers. Um, you know, some of the the uh, drafted pitchers last year it was such a weird draft with five rounds. There was a round that the Red Sox didn't have a pick. Um, Jeremy Wu Yellen was picked in the fourth round from Hawaii. Shane Drohan was a fifth rounder from Florida State. And then another one, Jordan DiValerio, who was from St. Joe's and he was undrafted. Um, you know, undrafted is a lot different when there's was 50 round drafts and now i think they're closer to 30 um there was only five last year so undrafted doesn't mean they wouldn't have been drafted in the next round i know that they really made a pitch to try to sign di valerio after the fact he's throwing nine and two-thirds innings with four hits 16 strikeouts has not walked a batter so 16 to zero strikeout to walk ratio is pretty ridiculous uh has a three and zero record the wins and losses are a little bit tough to follow when you get down to the lower levels because these pitchers don't really go five innings in any games and you need to go five to qualify for a win so a lot of times in in all of his appearances he's been a follower and recorded the win but um you know that goes along with just some dominant stuff it looks like so far does not throw super hard i think that he 
it sounded like he was more of an organizational arm that might top out at 94 and had some other pitches, but he must be mixing them up because he's been really good so far. Uh, and then, you know, the other two names that I mentioned, um, Drohan from Florida State, he's thrown five innings, <clears throat> or he had five innings in his most recent outing where he was really efficient, 67 pitches in those five innings, which is a rare time that you get to five. Um, he struck out 13, walked six in eight and a third innings and given up one run. And then Wu Yelland, the fourth rounder from Hawaii, has thrown eight and a third. Same type of thing, has had some control issues, six walks, but he's struck out 13. So some really good K rates, 13 and eight innings, 16 and nine innings, and 13 and eight innings from these three pitchers, Wu Yelland, Di Valerio, and Drohan. So had my eye on those pitchers. I'd like to see a little video of them. Going to try to catch some of the Salem games over the next week. Um, and then Ryan Zephyrjohn was another name that we wanted to mention. He had had a couple of tough starts to begin the season, but he was better in his last outing. So he has made um, three starts and take a look, nine and a third innings. Um, he's 0-2 with an ERA of 10.61, but that has come down quite a bit. Uh, since his last start. So, uh, Shelly, anyone from Salem that you wanted to highlight or add anything to there? Um, no, I think you really covered it well. Um, all of these, uh, all of these pitchers, um, especially De Valerio. Um, there you I'm go. really gonna, yeah, I'm really gonna like dig deep on because I'm like, oh yeah, he's doing like some really interesting things. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's really interesting. Yeah, and Greenville's at 6-7, and seven, Salem at 7-6 and six, uh, for their record so far. So both hanging around 500. Um, all right, so you can reach us at, um, I'm at Bob Osgood 15, Shelly's at ShellyV underscore 643. Um, if you listen to any of the shows on the Over the Monster podcast network, please give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, feel free to tweet us, ask any questions, um, anything that you'd like to hear on upcoming shows. So uh, you can find Shelly and I both at the Dynasty Guru as well as Over the Monster. And thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week.